0: Welcome back, ladies. I hope you are doing fantastic and your week is off to an amazing start. I am sitting in my office wrapped in a scarf right now. Yes, I am. I know it's not that cold outside, but my office is above the garage and it's kind of a cold room. So I'm literally sitting here with what I call sops, socks over pants. That's my look. So I call it sops and I wear my Lulus and I wear these like big comfy socks pulled over my pants, my Lululemons, and then I have a sweater on and then I have a scarf because I'm damn freaking cold over here. So- That's what's going on in my world. Just not loving this cold weather. And we actually have this gorgeous fireplace in our basement. So we don't have our basement. It's finished, but we don't have it fully furnished yet. So part of our basement is our gym and then it has our infrared sauna. And then there's this whole other section in our basement where the fireplace is and it's just like empty. We haven't set anything up yet. So we're thinking about going to get this really nice comfy and cozy rug and some chairs and some, I can't even think of what the name is. Like I want to say like a beanbag chair, but that's, that's not what I'm going to buy, but it's something like that. Anyways, and thinking of like getting a bunch of cushions or something like that, that you can throw on the floor and kind of sit around and maybe I'm going to turn it into my new winter office because the fireplace is there and it's so nice and warm down there. So I'm thinking that's what I'm going to have to do. But if the fireplace isn't on, it is really damn cold down there because it's the basement. So it's the coldest room in the house, that's for sure. But the fireplace is there and the sauna is there. So, and then we work out. So it's like actually the good place to be if you really want to like sweat and get warm and, and whatnot. So. Anyhow, that's what's going on in my world. I hope you guys are doing well. If you saw me over on Instagram last week, I was sharing my obsession for all my new essential oils that arrived. I placed this really large order because there was lots of new products I wanted to try from doTERRA. And I also ordered a really nice bamboo container, like a three-tier container to hold all my oils and stuff. So I'm so excited for that because I've literally oils all over the house and I wanted to have somewhere I can just better organize them and access them. So I got this really gorgeous container to store all the oils. And so it's so beautiful. And I've got a lot of roll-ons as well, the 10 mil roll-ons, and I didn't really have anywhere to put those and they those fit in the top of the container. So it's really, really nice. And some of the oils I'm really excited for is the new adaptive blend. And it makes me think of the word adaptogen. And that's really essentially what this oil is for. And it's really great for your nervous system, and it's really wonderful for supporting your adrenal glands and during times of stress or when you feel overwhelmed. It's this really beautiful blend with wild orange and lavender and cobayba, and it's got neroli and sweet gum essential oils, and it just smells so, so magical. So I bought the 10 mil roller, the roll-on, and what I've been doing is rolling it on the back of my neck, and I also roll it onto my wrists, and then I also get tan to roll it down my spine. And so, really great for supporting the nervous system. So, I'm really excited for that. That oil is so beautiful. I also ordered myrrh essential oil, and I wanted to start to include that oil because, as with most oils, they all have a lot of incredible antibacterial properties to them. But specifically, I really wanted to have the myrrh because. It is not just antibacterial, but it's really amazing for supporting gut health and for digestion. It's actually one of the most potent mold killers. And if you are, sorry if you guys hear like all this nonsense going on in the background, because there's an empty box on the floor and my cats are getting in it and causing so much chaos and making so much noise. So anyhow, myrrh essential oil, like I was saying, it's a really potent mold killer and I've noticed that a lot of women who suffer with thyroid disorders, they've been exposed to black mold sometime in their life. And that black mold, it can often contribute to a leaky gut and it can really cause a lot of inflammation in the body. So myrrh really helps to modulate the immune system. It's really wonderful for the thyroid. It's antibacterial, it's antifungal, antiparasitic, which like I said, a lot of oils do that. And so it's really great because that is very crucial for supporting gut health and for supporting digestion. So I've been really excited to use the myrrh along with some amazing other oils that I use for supporting Hashimoto's and thyroid. And honestly, I've just been on this awesome essential oil kick. And you guys know, you can always reach out to me if you are an essential oil newbie and you'd like to get started ordering either an oil kit or wanted to try some oils then reach out to me, just send me an email, Samantha at holisticwellness.ca, and I will send you over some info. And again, you got to be an essential oil newbie. If you are on somebody else's team already with doTERRA, they really should be taking the responsibility to educate you guys about how to use them and especially how to use them for hormones and whatnot. And so that's what I do with all of the customers that order through me. We've got a ton of really great eBooks to educate you. We've got some really great modules, video modules to educate you as well. We've got an epic Facebook group that you can join as well. And then there's also a private, another private Facebook group that I'm creating just strictly for my customers and really going to do a lot of education around oils and oils to support your thyroid and gut health and to really use them in your everyday because I was ordering my oils back in... I started ordering in 2014, and I really didn't know how to truly implement them and use them. And this year, I made it a priority to really educate myself on them and start to incorporate them as part of my healing regimen. And they have been fantastic, and they are now a really huge part of my healing toolkit. And I know how great they can be, so I'd love to support you in also using them in your everyday life. Okay. So enough oil talk. Let's dive in to our episode today. I am so excited to welcome my guest, Jen Pike. She is a dear friend of mine and we've been friends for quite a few years and we, you know, hang out together and we go to a lot of different events together and whatnot. And we do a lot of the same work and we really support each other's businesses. And she's just a really wonderful friend and just an amazing woman. So I know you guys are going to really love today's episode. And Jen Pike, is a registered holistic nutritionist and a medical exercise specialist. She specializes in women's health and hormones and is the best-selling author of The Simplicity Project, as well as her two cookbooks, The Simplicity Kitchen and The Simplicity Body. She's the founder of the global and revolutionary women's health programs, The Hormone Project, Synced, and The Audacious Women's Approach to Healthy Living. These programs are dedicated to teaching women what they should have known about their bodies all along, the incredible healing abilities, wisdom, and power their bodies hold, and how to to bring them to life. You can catch her weekly tips and tools on her YouTube show, Simplicity TV, and join her for one of her signature body movement series available online. She sits on the advisory board for Strong Fitness Magazine and contributes to CH Morning Live, CTV, Global, CP24, and Breakfast Television. As an inspired wife and mom of two, she understands that true well-being is a journey to be enjoyed and not a struggle to be forced. She will inspire you to create more simplicity and ease in all that you do. So on today's episode, we are talking about periods and cycles and how to sync with your cycle. We dive into so much amazing information, like how you can actually sync with your hormonal rhythms and how to really understand the different phases of your cycle, how you can actually sync your nutrition and movement and exercise with the different phases of your cycle. We talk about different dietary and nutritional approaches that will support your hormones and of course your periods period. And for all the mamas that are listening, we talk about how you can have that talk with your daughter, that sex talk, the period talk, the uncomfortable talk. And Jen shares some really great, valuable information about how she's really had that conversation with her kids. And I know you guys will find that really, really valuable. And we finish it off by diving into simplicity and what it really means to Jen and how you can all create more simplicity in your life. And she's got her amazing program synced, which you guys can learn more about over on the show notes at holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 79. So let's dive into our episode with Jen Pike. I know you guys are going to love it and be sure to find me over on Instagram at holistic wellness foodie. If you guys have any questions and any ideas and topics for future episodes, because you know, I'm always open to hearing them. So Thanks for being here and let's dive into the episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, Jen. Welcome to the podcast. It is so great to finally have you here because we've had a lot of scheduling mishaps, but it's so great to have you here. So thanks. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks for having me, Sam. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, my pleasure. So before we dive in, I would love it if you can share with our audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do.
1: Alrighty. Well, my name is Jen and I am a registered holistic nutritionist and medical exercise specialist, and I specialize in women's health and hormones. So I teach a couple of online programs, the Hormone Project and the Simplicity Project. And I have a new baby that's coming out called Synced, which is a movement series that I created designed around the four phases of a woman's menstrual cycle or the four phases of the lunar cycle, depending on where she is at in her life. And I am super passionate, as are you, about educating women. That's really, that is what gets me up out of bed every day is the education piece. I really love giving women the opportunity to learn more about their bodies so that they can feel more empowered and more confident and more connected to themselves. And I'm a mom of two kids as well too. And my oldest is a 13 year old girl, my daughter, and I am definitely motivated by that role and responsibility as well, because I know working with women in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, and beyond in my practice, how little they know about themselves. And when you go deeper with them in sessions, they were never taught this at the age they really should have been. It was something that was embarrassing or shameful, or it was just like bathroom talk, and that was nothing that was to be spoken about. And I've seen what that can create. And so it has really opened my eyes very wide as a mother, in the conversations I'm having with her. And it's really cool.
0: That's amazing. Awesome. So Uh I know that a big part of what you do is really help women align with their cycles and their hormones and their month to month shifts in their body. I mean, not even month to month, just day to day shifts that can happen, especially with the women's cycle. And so what does it really
1: mean to sync with our cycle and our hormonal rhythms? Well, before we can in sink, we have to first be aware. And so the beginning parts of it is simply understanding and connecting to what we all know. We all feel it day to day, the change, like you and I were just talking about, you know, the change of the weather, how it impacts us. It's that difference. And I think a lot of people listening could resonate to this example is that on a sunny day, everything is great. You've got energy, you're excited, you know, you're motivated, you're out and about. And 24 hours later, the sun can be behind the clouds and it can be a gloomy, crummy day. And all of a sudden you feel like, you know, you don't feel as well. You don't look as good. You're not as motivated. You're tired. You're kind of cranky. And that's a result of, that external environment, how it's impacting what's happening inside of us. And so that's like the first step of awareness is really just connecting to the difference in how we feel based on something that has changed. In our bodies as a woman, in terms of our cycle, we have four very distinct phases that we are moving through on a a week to week, month to month, and like you said, day to day basis. And so in the beginning, it's really just you know allowing a woman to understand that It's not all in your head, that this is in your chemistry, this is in your body, this is in you physically, mentally, and emotionally. And not only is it okay to be feeling those things, but we want to help acknowledge what you're feeling and then put some context around it. Why would you maybe be feeling happier on one day versus more anxious or lower energy or depressed on another day. And the rhythms of our internal cycle as a woman, they really predicate a lot of that. And then there is also that layering in of the lunar cycle, what's happening around us. Amazing. Okay. So then let's dive into the different phases
0: of a woman's cycle and the shifts that they might be feeling from day to day or throughout the month and what that would typically look like from a physical or energetic standpoint.
1: So when we're talking about from the the menstrual side of things, the four phases that we're really looking at are we're looking at her first phase which for me when I'm teaching about it is the follicular phase. And so this is in that period of time when she has actually finished her menstrual cycle. And that follicular phase is when she is starting to feel like she's coming back into her body. She's feeling more energized, she's feeling more motivated in terms of that energy, she is also probably more likely to want it to be moving her body in a very different way as well too, as where we're on our menstrual cycle, that's a period of time for really resting and restoring and just going inward. And that's something that really needs to be honored. And we'll talk more about when we get there, but you know, for this period of time in that follicular stimulating, this is when we are having this surge of our FSH hormone. This is when the body is ripening those follicles and the ovaries and when our body is priming and getting ready to then move into ovulation to select an egg and be able to actually create that burst where the ovary is releasing that egg and we have our ovulation. That follicular phase, that is when, first of all, as a woman, this is the time of the month you are most likely to be able to stick with a new routine or habit. We are hardwired mentally for that. It is when, you know, we've just just done this shedding of our cycle. And so we shed not only the lining of the uterus, but just energetically slough off whatever the heck wasn't working. We kind of go into that hibernation, that winter mode, the fertile void, and then we emerge. And it's in that emergence where we are more committed to that next level of ourselves. And this helps to set us up in our body, like feeling very confident. You'll find that women towards the end of their follicular phase leading into ovulation they tend to dress a little bit more feminine. They might do extra little things to take care of themselves. Their sex drive is oftentimes going to be higher. And so if women are listening and I'm talking about these phases and they're like, none of that happens to me. (laughs) Like I don't have sex drive. I don't feel that way. Those can be some of the early, you know, cues of awareness that that's maybe when we need to talk about helping to teach you how to do some things to sync up. So First phase is follicular, second phase is that ovulatory. And the ovulatory phase honestly is one of my favorite because this is where something really magical happens, which is what sets our body up for producing a healthy amount of progesterone. Because if we don't ovulate and we don't release this egg, we don't have that corpus luteum, that leftover element that the body uses to be able to actually create our progesterone in a healthy amount. And so once we've gone through ovulation, then we move into the luteal phase. And that is the longest of all of the four phases. It's the second half of our cycle and it's what leads us into our menstruation. And and during this period of time, this is really where our body and our energy is thinking, okay, we need to finish things up here. Like This is like getting to the end of projects. This is Really, where a lot of women will feel like they kind of get into that nesting mode, they're highly, you know, motivated to be organized, to purge, to clean things out. It's like creating the opportunity to feel like things are done so that when their actual menstrual cycle comes on, they can really sink into themselves and really retreat and pull back for those couple of days because that's ultimately what our body really needs for most of us we are out of sync. And so what happens is we start to feel those feelings. We don't really know what's happening. We start to think that that's anxiety, that we are getting anxious and overwhelmed. Our eating gets out of, you know, kind of control in terms of leaning into the foods that are going to give us that quick dopamine and serotonin hits so We're going for the sugar and the carbs and the alcohol and the quick pick-me-ups and that can be what for a lot of women contributes to their breast tenderness and their PMS and their more challenging cycles the moodiness and then ultimately when that menstrual cycle that fourth phase comes on for them that it is a less than awesome time of the month and that's something that for me I'm trying to work really hard and I know you're doing the same thing is I don't want women to have this idea that their cycle is something to wish away and that it's like the worst thing ever. Mm -hmm. And that unfortunately is the most common way that women describe it. So when, when we can start to learn more about these phases and you had asked me in the beginning, you know, about syncing yourself up with them. Well, if you start to understand that just innately in our women's body and chemistry. This is not a time for high-end activity and projects and a busy schedule when you're on your period. It's amazing what happens one time, just one time shifting your approach, how you go, oh my gosh, that felt so much better this month. I totally agree. And I also think back to,
0: not that I had much control over this, but I think back to like jobs that I had and where I would get my period and be like, oh like I if I could just not go into work today and not have to show up the way that I'm expected to and to really be home and just kind of honor my body and these symptoms and this kind of fatigue and what's showing up for me right now. If women could do that in their every you know with their cycle, I think that would be such a beautiful thing. I think like in a perfect world, we would not work during our period and we could hibernate and you know implement more self-care, like that would be the most ideal thing, but I get that that's not the case. So
1: it really would be, I know. Yes. (laughs) But you know, what's really interesting about that is that inadvertently what has ended up happening, I can't remember the exact stat on it, but it's astronomical. Inadvertently what has ended up happening because more and more women are pushing at the wrong time of the month is that they're missing work anyways. Right. And they're having to take sick days and days of, you know, personal wellness days because they are just, they're tapped out.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so you mentioned, you know, syncing with your cycle in terms of the lunar cycle and like how, so I'd love for you to expand on that and how that might look, especially for somebody who might not have a period right now or has an irregular cycle, or even perhaps is, you know, menopausal and is no longer menstruating.
1: Yeah. And it's really important because I think that, you know, for so many women, You know, whether it's because of menopause or they're suffering from hypothalamic amenorrhea or they're pregnant or they're on the pill, right? Yes. When you're on the pill, that's not a regular, you know, organic menstrual cycle your body is producing, it's chemically induced. So, this is where understanding more about that lunar connection can really help you because there is still a way to be in sync on the pill. And when you are postmenopausal, so many women are taught. Well, that phase is just gone now. You don't have to worry about your hormones anymore, right? Right, like, right. And and that's just not true. And I think that's why a lot of women suffer so much with so many postmenopausal symptoms, is that they become totally disconnected to that part of their body because they're told to essentially. So tapping into the four phases of the moon is a really cool way to not only learn more about yourself but again, just about how your body's responding. So the four phases of the moon, the first phase is that new moon. Now, most women typically cycle with the new moon. So they would be considered what's known as a a white moon bleed, where they'll get their menstrual cycle during the new moon. Not every woman is like that. In fact, if you look back historically, a lot of the folklore and the tales are that women who bled with the full moon were called red moon bleeders and they were known as more of the medicine women of the village or the tribe. So they would menstruate at the time that the other women had done their menstruation. So when the regular population of the community was having their menstrual cycle in the red tent, these women would be there to take care of them. Once their job and that role was done, then they would allow themselves with the next cycle of that moon and the full moon to actually have their bleed. So I love that. I always think that's so fascinating just how... You know, we are just innately caregivers. Yes, basically. So the new moon is, the new moon is that time of, it's when the sky is dark. It's when the moon is not actually visible. So it's oftentimes referred to as the shadow phase or the winter or that fertile void. And that's when we feel that same energy to be quiet and withdrawn and inward. And for women who you know aren't, like I said, connected to their moon cycle or their body in general, this can oftentimes feel like depression. This can feel like, why is it at a certain time of the month? Maybe it's similar to the time of the month when they would lead into their cycle. Do I just feel down? And then yet a couple days go by and I feel like I rebound and I'm okay. And it can be confusing if you don't have something to ground yourself to on that. So naturally around the new moon time, energy will be lower and you'll want to be more introverted. So you want to slow down, you want to rest, you really want to nourish and take care of yourself. And so this is a period of time where self-care is critical. So self-care is important, I believe, every day. But at this time of the moon cycle, this is when it is really, really important. And that doesn't have to be something that's complicated or hard. Like you don't have to book a spa day. You don't have to, you know, move out (laughs) away from your family for a couple of days. (laughs) It's like, could you go to bed earlier during that phase? Can you get out into nature? Do you oftentimes hear you're saying, oh my gosh, like I love having baths so much, but I never take the time for a bath. This would be a great period of time in that month during that new moon phase to take those baths, to use your essential oils, right? So again, it doesn't have to be something expensive or crazy or take a lot of extra time. It just becomes that reminder. Now, moving your body during this time of the month, this is when I would really recommend that you're doing things that are more restorative, that are more calming to your nervous system, you know, yoga would be great, some walking. And truthfully around the new moon, because we have that energy where we want to go inside of ourselves, it's typically not the best time to be doing a lot of group based exercise, right? Like your boot camps or your Zumba or your spin or whatever you normally go to. This is a great time to just create that opportunity to be quiet and to have that space. This is also, you know, it's a period of releasing and letting go. So, much like when we have our menstrual cycle, this can be an intense period of time energetically for women as a whole. So, you know, there are a lot of energy workers who will say that women who have a more difficult time during their actual menstrual flow are holding on to more that they need to let go of in life in general. Like, either a job, they're not happy with a relationship, something that's just kind of like eating away at them. Right. And our bodies are are brilliant at manifesting some type of a sign to get our attention. And so the more difficult a menstrual cycle is, that might be something to consider. So one of the rituals I love to get women to do around this period of time is to write a letter to yourself of what you want to release and you're ready to let go of and to burn it. Yes. Now, a lot of people will say you don't have to burn it I do like the burning part of it because fire is a massive sign of transformation. I love it too. Right? So it's Mm -hmm. when you think of like even forest fires, Chris and I my husband, we were out West in the summer and we were talking to some of the locals because we'd been driving through the mountains. You could see the path of where the fires had gone and it's devastating to look at. It is. But for the locals, they're like, no, we need that because when the fire wipes out the forest, that then creates the most fertile soil and then we have new growth moving forward. Amazing. And I thought that was so cool because that is very symbolic of our bodies as well too. Yeah, absolutely. So the next phase is the waxing moon. And so this is that beautiful crescent moon that we see. And this is where we slowly start to begin to feel more energized, a little bit more extroverted. You know, Your passion in life and physically starts to come back. This is that period of time where we are moving into more like that follicular phase. So this is great period of time to be planting new seeds. This is if you are in business or you're a very goal-oriented individual, this is a really great time to start to really set some new intentions and to also to honor that desire to want to move more. And I would say listen to your body intuitively. If you've got more energy, that's when you want to do the type of movement where you need more energy to do it. Your strength training and some more of that you know, possibly higher intensity. This is that period of time where your body can typically rise to the occasion. Now, obviously that's going to be different for everyone depending on what's going on, And then this period of time, the waxing moon is then what leads us into the full moon, which is big and bright and beautiful. Like we're recording this the day after the full moon and it was just stunning last night. And the full moon is when we tend to feel much more bold and confident and passionate and excited. This is a time for a lot of women when they're ovulating. This is also historically the time that most babies are conceived and most babies (laughs) are born. (laughs) Right. And so that I think is really cool. And you can actually Google your birth date to tell you what moon phase you were born in as well. And so the full moon is, it's about being okay with where we're at. And it's celebrating what we do have in our life. It is a period of time that is also very creative and very intuitive. And that's why that creativity piece and being in tune with your body, your dreams can be much more vivid around the full moon. You might notice that your sleep is thrown off a little bit. Again, if there's any underlying issues of agitation, you might feel like around this time of the month, you snap. You don't have the patience and you kind of just fly off the handle and you're like, oh my gosh, why Mm -hmm. am I being like that? (laughs) So, I find that if that happens, that this is a really good time to put pen to paper and start to just like literally brain barf it on the page to get some of that out of your system. <laughs> and what's really cool about the full moon time as well is like we live on the water. So I see this happen with the lake all the time, but the oceans are really run by the lunar cycle. yes. And those tides around the full moon, they whip up some pretty intense energy. So I always think those are good reminders because sometimes this can feel a little bit woo-woo to people. And I'll just say to them, look outside of nature. Like Totally. When you need the proof, it's there. And so after we have the full moon, then we have the waning moon. And this is the longest period of time in the moon cycles in between that waning moon and the new moon, which is symbolic of that luteal phase. It's the longest portion of our four phases of the cycle. And this is when energy starts to lower down. It's when you start to feel that call to slow things down. This is the best time to tune into your system and to ask yourself, what do I really need? And we all hear these voices, you know, inside of us that are trying to communicate whether or not, you know, we're enjoying something. This is usually the time of month for most women where they'll look at their calendar and be mm-hmm. like, Why did I say yes to that? Totally. Why did I say yes? Been there and many s- times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so have I. And you know, that was one of the big reasons that I got so involved in doing this kind of work and creating a program like Synced, is I was feeling more out of alignment than I was in alignment. And I knew that it did not have to be that way. Right. And that is where I just started to I was looking for something that didn't exist. And I decided to put it together and try it on my own body and the women I was working with. And for me it has made a monumental shift in creating boundaries and what I say yes to and what I say no to. And overall, like, trust me, I'm definitely not perfect. I don't have it nailed down a hundred percent, but I can say without a doubt, every day my awareness is attuned to what I need and what I don't need. Does my calendar always reflect that? Not a hundred percent, but it's getting better as time goes on. That's
0: amazing. That's an important message that... Our listeners really need to hear. So thanks for sharing that because I think that they think as practitioners, we have it all together and everything is in such alignment and whatnot. And it's not, you know, we're on our own journey and kind of rejigging things as we go along too. So mm-hmm. yeah. So thanks for sharing that. And it's interesting how I know when I was writing my book, my cycle started to shift towards more of this like how when I was menstruating versus when I was ovulating and that started to shift based on the moon cycle because I was really heading into more like creative time and writing, like kind of you know birthing mm-hmm. birthing my book. So yeah, I was interesting. I started to notice that.
1: And that'll happen at many different times in our lives. And I think that's one of the big lies we've been told about our cycles as a woman is that it's going to be the same all the time forever right. until you no longer have it. And that's simply not true. Right. It is, you know, much like how we say your digestive system is that barometer of health. Your menstrual cycle is your monthly, it's your report card, but it is your window in. It is what is telling you so much. And so if your cycle comes early or it comes really late, you need to reflect back and look back at the month previous, but also the months previous, like what has been going on? How well have you been taking care of yourself? And sometimes you do all the things right, but there's an energetic shift where literally there's like a universal law that needs to pull you to a different phase in order to help you move into that next level of yourself. I love that. Yeah. That's so great.
0: So I would love to talk about tracking your cycle because I'm sure this is something that you deal with a lot in your practice too. And it's funny because, you know, women will be like, Oh yeah, I put my, you know, put the dates of my period and whatnot into my calendar. So this is the day I'm ovulating like, yeah, it's all good. And it's like the calendar tells you one thing, but it's actually the signs that you really have to pay attention to for your body to tell you when you're ovulating and whatnot. So I'd love for you to really explain a little bit more about that and, and tracking your cycle. And then if you also have, you know, suggestions of of where women can start in terms of apps or, or what you might suggest.
1: Yeah. So I think the apps are a great beginning place because when you don't know what you're looking for outside of the day you start to bleed and the day you stop bleeding. That's a great place to begin. So what I would say to women listening, first of all, is please download a free app. You don't need to buy any of these because okay. in the beginning we're trying to keep general information. So I like period tracker, clue, kindara, flow, Those are all very easy to use for most people. And so, yes, you want to be tracking things like when you start to bleed, you also want to track any signs and symptoms that you have throughout the month. So that's the wonderful thing about using an app to track is that you can make note, did your skin act up around that time? Did you have headaches? Did you have spotting before you actually had your period? Because spotting is not the same as a menstrual cycle. You know, did you have back aches? All of those different things. You can also input when you're intimate. And the whole part about ovulating, it's going to guesstimate. I mean, the longer that you track your cycle in that app, the more it gets to know your body's rhythms. But when we're talking about something like ovulation, better approaches are to be tracking your basal temperature, like literally first thing in the morning when you wake up, Old school thermometer in your mouth, Mm -hmm, not your forehead or in your ear. (laughs) Right. Yep. You don't even get up to pee. You take your temperature, you track it. And I would say to do this consistently for at least three to six cycles, it's really important. You can't just do this for a few days or a few weeks because one entire phase of going through all four phases is one cycle. Right. And there's a lot of information within that. The other thing is paying attention to your cervical mucus and your cervical fluid as well. So that is going to change throughout the month, dependent upon where you are at. You know, is it more egg whitey? Is it sticky? Is it creamy? It'll also, you know, we talk about like paying attention to your stool, like your poop that you're having every day to give you information. It's also important as a woman to pay attention to the cervical mucus and discharge that you have as well, because this can help you to understand, is this an indication of where you're at? in your menstrual phases, or is it something that you need to be more concerned about and need to pay attention to? And then the other thing you can do, and this is especially like, I use this in my practice a lot for women who are trying to conceive is we will actually do ovulatory kits. And so they will urinate, you know, daily and do those types of things. So there's a couple different things that you can do, but overall, I mean, just the simple fact of tracking. And I would say even to women who are not menstruating, we don't have to keep it in it. There's moon cycling apps that you can use as well, but honestly, pen to paper, a little journal next to your bed yes, and make notes before you go to sleep. How did I feel today? You can buy beautiful or very simple moon calendars off of Etsy and Amazon. And it'll show you the entire next year of where all the different moon phases are at. And again, it's like energy flows where attention goes. So if all of a sudden you are attuned to being aware it's in a certain phase, it's pretty amazing what starts to happen on a body level in response. I
0: love that. And I love that little tip about going on Etsy. I mean, especially just this time of year mm-hmm. might actually be a really great gift for yourself, but also for a girlfriend. Yeah. So I love that. So I'd love to dive into nutrition real quick. And, you know, from a dietary and nutritional perspective, what do you feel are foods that women should really be including, but also excluding to really support their hormones and their cycle?
1: So, I mean, the obvious ones to be including is real whole food. And what does that mean? It means that it has fallen from a tree, grown from the ground, swam in the ocean, or run across land. That it is something that is going to bring vitality into your body. It hasn't been sitting in a box or in a can or on the shelf forever. It's not, when you flip it over and read the ingredients, you understand what's in it. it It's food. So, obviously, as a woman, we want to be focusing. I mean, any human being, but stabilizing your blood sugar is so critical when it comes to your health overall. Regardless of what your goal is, when you're working with a really great holistic practitioner, the top two priorities they're going to have for you are let's make sure digestion is working really well and that your blood sugar is stable. Like, those are the foundational pieces. So, great sources of healthy fat, fantastic sources of fiber, and great sources of protein. And the fiber is really key because that fiber is going to help to add bulk to the stool, but also to bind to excess estrogens or any toxins that we need to really be grabbing a hold of and moving out of the system. And the fat is, I mean, if you don't have healthy enough cholesterol, that is your building block of your hormones. It's supporting your pregnenolone. It's supporting the production of your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA. So we have been so fat phobic for so long as women. And I know even though we're living in a world now where there's a lot of keto talk and fat fueled and all of, still so many women are terrified to add the fat in true. and it is something that we teach a lot about. So our healthy fats and then our good sources of protein, and we don't have to overdo it with protein by any stretch of the means, but it's having that balance and getting more of the vegetables in that are going to support like the cruciferous, the sulforaphane. So dark leafy greens, broccoli, cauliflower, cabbage, paying attention to how you feel digestively. I find for a lot of women that these haven't been the typical vegetables that they've been consuming. They've typically been adding spinach into their smoothie, having a very basic salad, and you know, whatever they have at, at dinner time, maybe sweet potato and green beans. So when you start to add in more of these cruciferous and these can definitely contribute to a bit more gas and bloating, a digestive enzyme is something that can really help. And in terms of you know hydration, like get enough water into your body, ladies. I can't stress this enough. I know for me personally, the reason I love getting women to drink smoothies and elixirs is because they battle drinking plain yeah. water. Yep. And so if I can give them right? If we can give them a vehicle for a ton of other nutrients and, you know, beneficial things for their body inside of this vessel of hydration, then I know that we're doing a good thing. And so hydration is really key. The things to really be avoiding are going to be the inflammatory foods. So what I say to women in the beginning is, tell me your reaction. Like, what is it that you eat And then before you even eat it, or once you have it, the very next thing you say to yourself is, I am going to pay for this, but it's so good, (laughs) right? So that's like the most inexpensive food sensitivity test is really just listen. Basically. And then, you know, for, for women and especially with their hormones, dairy is going to be a huge trigger. You know, it's it's the casein, the whey, the albumin, the lactose, it's also the proteins that are in there. It's it's also a hormone byproduct. So if you have hormonal issues that you're trying to work on and you have acne and you have different skin disorders and you're constipated and the gut is off, I mean this is probably the most inflammatory food. We are taking another hormonal product and putting it, which has its own symphony of hormones, and then putting it into our body, which has a symphony that is completely different. And so it can cause a lot of issues. Gluten is a big one as well too, is a gut irritant and really pulls the thread on the thyroid as a whole and the brain as well too. And then a lot of stimulants. So are you drinking a lot of alcohol? Are you having a lot of coffee? Are you getting too much sugar in? And there can be other foods as well too that could be triggering that we would assume are healthy. Like eggs can be a big one for a lot of people. Nuts can be a huge one. And so when it gets to kind of those points, what I do with women in the beginning is you don't want it to be super overwhelming. So we just start to teach them how to incorporate more of the good stuff in. Let's see how your body responds let's take out some of the more common offenders that you know, we know about and then work forward from there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And it's not always about what you take away, but it's what you add. And I find that as you start to add those good foods, you actually lo- want less of the you know, quote
1: unquote bad foods. Kind of. And you can actually sync up food with your cycle as well too. Ooh, tell us more. Well, so in the first half of our cycle, that follicular phase into ovulation, this is actually a better time of the month to increase the amount of carbohydrates that you are consuming in terms of like your starch, your carbohydrates, or if you really do miss having the things like your gluten-free bread or your grains or that type of stuff, right. heavier on your root vegetables, this is when your body is more amped up to be able to utilize this. For sure. In the latter half of the cycle, this is when you want to start to really watch your intake Take of foods that are going to impact blood sugar and your insulin overall. And coming into the menstrual cycle, this is when you would want to do more of your anti inflammatory, you know, vegetables and your healthy fats and the healthy protein sources. And that you'll notice a big difference in decreasing your cravings, your breast tenderness, your, you know, PMS, the heaviness, the cramps, types of things. So, yeah, it, um, You really start to see how you can marry all of the goals that you have as a woman and blend it into these four phases. Yeah, I always find, and it's, you know, back in the day, I, I, when I was out of
0: tune with my cycle and my body, I would always crave fish and like sushi around my period and then, it obviously, wasn't until I started to really tune in and, and really sync with my cycle. I was like, "Of course, I'm craving those like omega threes, that anti-inflammatory food." Yeah, I don't really want to eat fish outside of this this time, and so I think I'm just gonna re- I'm gonna listen to that and honor that.
1: Yeah, which is so great because you're listening to that intuitive part, and we all have that. I honestly believe that. I really do believe that. We all have that part of us that is communicating in that way, but we question it. Yes, we question it because it's not what's in the latest magazine article or the latest, you know, buzz diet that's around that's going on. And so we don't listen.
0: It's true. And we're so bombarded with, so much information online on social media or this person said this practitioner said this this one's vegan this one's pale and And it's like so overwhelming that you really lose sight of your like trusting your own intuition and your own gut so i'd love to talk about menstrual products i know you've got some favorites so let's dive into that
1: So in terms of like menstrual cups and okay. Yeah. So I'm a huge fan of menstrual cups. There are quite a few different ones on the market. And what I love so much about teaching women about this is just like none of us wear the same size shoe. (laughs) Menstrual cups are different in size to our bodies as well. So You know how you had said in the beginning, it would be so amazing if this was just, you know, something that we were all taught and this was just what we had and how great would it be if we didn't have to go to work around the days of our cycle (laughs) where, you know, for me, one of my big wishes is that part of a woman's journey in her body is that she would actually be able to also work with a pelvic floor physiotherapist, at least annually at her physical to learn the landscape of her body, which would help her understand for instance, if you have a lower lying cervix, the average size menstrual cup is going to feel too big and very uncomfortable in your body. You're going to need something smaller. If you have given birth, if you have you know never had intercourse before, if there's all these different factors that are going to really play into that. So diva cup, is a company that I really do love. They have three sizes. Actually, they just came out with a brand new size. So they have a size zero, which is really created for the young woman who is ages 18 or younger. So it's trying to get the younger generation to embrace menstrual cups as well. So awesome. Oh my gosh. On so many levels. And you know, this generation of kids right now they're really quite amazing. They want the information. They actually are not afraid to learn this. Mm-hmm. They maybe don't want to talk to mom about it. <laughs> right, which I get, but they really do want to learn about it and they're very empowered about changes for the environment. So the fact with a menstrual cup that it is putting less waste into the world that, you know, it is also saving the average woman $200 a year that stays in her pocket because these retail for about $40 menstrual couple last you one to two years. And we're not using the all commercial tampons and pads are using genetically modified cotton that have dioxins and phthalates and fragrance and different ingredients that are off-gassing in our vaginal area. And you don't have a stomach down there that is helping to pre-digest and break any of this down. It off-gasses, it gets into the cells of your uterus and your cervix, it gets into your bloodstream. And there are many instances where I have women who come in, they have been dealing with horribly painful periods and the only shift we make is getting them off of the commercial grade products and switching them to organic or to a cup Amazing! and lo and behold those periods moving forward are always that much more manageable. But it is important to know, like I said, you do need to find the right fit. So I find for most women, they typically end up going through two to three cups in the beginning in order to figure out what their right fit is, because this should be comfortable enough where when you put it in, you can leave it in there for hours and not even know that it's there. Right. Absolutely. And one more thing I'll say on the cup thing that I love is you actually, unlike a tampon, when you're, looking at the cup and you're adding it, you actually get to see the quality of the blood that your body is producing and releasing. It's so important. Yes. Yeah.
0: So what would you say about that? You know, kind of looking at the color of your blood, cause this is something, again, I don't think most women are paying attention to. And mm. especially if you're using regular tampons and whatnot,
1: yeah. you can't
0: really see. So what would you say about, you know, what it is you really want to look for?
1: So the biggest thing I would say is if you are noticing that you have like purple blood, like it is very dark, that there is a lot of clots, that there is a lot of mucus that is within it as well too. Like there are literally chunks of tissue that are in there. That is definitely something where you want to go to your doctor or your practitioner. You want to make sure, ladies, please do not skip out on your regular pap smears because this is an opportunity to understand more of what's happening. And unfortunately for us as women, a lot of our you know, reproductive cancers and illnesses, they are slow growing behind the scenes before we actually have the opportunity to necessarily feel what's going on. And these tests are really important to help us be more educated. So that is something that I would definitely look further into. Do you have fibroids? Do you have cysts? Do you have endometriosis or adenomyosis that's contributing to this? And what's also going on with your iron, your B12, a lot of your core minerals. So if you're somebody that's been dealing with low iron and you just get told that you're anemic and you get put on an iron supplement, but you're not understanding, like if if you are having to dump your cup like seven to eight times a day, that is too much, right? Right? It should be maybe like three to four at the most times a day not overspilling. If you notice in your blood that there is a lot of brown, almost like an orangey type of color to it, a lot of heavy brown cycles, that is old oxidized blood that is in your system from previous cycles. And that's giving us an indication that you're not fully eliminating that lining of the body as well too. And then it's also important because you can think you have you know, a regular menstrual cycle when you're using tampons and pads. But if you have a cup in there for eight, 10 hours and you go to pull the cup out and there is very little in there, that is also going to help, you know, your practitioner you're working with understand the bigger picture of what's happening hormonally in your body. So that then when you have other symptoms, physically, mentally, and emotionally, these all start to become the little pieces that build the big picture. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I love that. Thanks for sharing that because I think a lot of women yeah. need to need to know that and it's something that they're really unaware of. Mm-hmm. So earlier you mentioned your daughter. I know you have a 13-year-old mm-hmm. daughter and you also have a son, mm-hmm. but yes. I'm really curious the conversations and the education that you share with your daughter about her cycle and or period and whatnot, because I know there are many mothers listening who have daughters, and I'm sure in the back of their head they're thinking, I might have to have the sex talk, I have mm-hmm. to have the period talk, and they're uncomfortable about it, of course. And so, you know, what is that advice do you have for the mother that is listening that is like, I know I need to have this conversation, but where do I even start?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, for our kids, they grew up in a slightly different household because, you know, they've been at my workshops that I've been teaching since they were babies. right? And my son knows as much about the female menstrual cycle as my daughter does at this point. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's so great. But we did still have to have those talks. And I started the talks with her when she was around eight or nine, because I know lot. I've worked with a lot of women and their daughters who have gotten their cycles as young as grade four. And so I wanted her to understand and to be prepared. And so it was in the beginning, you know, talking to her about, you know, how mommy has a period every month. And, you know, we've talked about that, but I want you to understand maybe some of the things your body might start to feel like, your chest might start to get sore sometimes and you're going to notice that the shape of your chest is changing and you're going to start to notice that your hips are going to start to change their size too. And that's happening because you have this really amazing hormone called estrogen that your body is going to be producing. And this is really cool because this is going to tap you into a superpower that only girls have, which is our period. And so I wanted her to know that also that she would maybe start to notice some different things in her underwear right so noticing again those cervical mucus changes in that and discharges and when and what is you know normal or when you need to let mom know if something is is different and i packed her a little bag of some organic panty liners and, you know, had it in her backpack and said, this is for a friend if they need it. Because I also, my big thing with my kids is for my daughter, I wanted her to be comfortable enough that if something happened with a girlfriend first, that she wasn't grossed out by it or felt weird, she could just be there for her. Awesome. And then for my son, I wanted him to know that there is going to be a time in your life, buddy, I can guarantee you, where you're going to witness a girl that has bled through her pants. And it's mortifying for a girl, and I need you to be the kid that gives her your sweater and ties it around her waist Aww. or helps her get out of the classroom. That's sweet. Right? Like, I just, and I like tear up talking about that because it's his so reaction sweet. when I told him that is like, yeah, mom, of course. Aww. Like, he was just like, so sweet. Definitely, definitely. And I think it's important for boys to know too because it's not okay when they grow up in a culture where they're calling girls bitchy or it's that time of the month or it's their PMS or whatever, because of something that is women, like we can't help this, right? Like, and this is something to be celebrated as a woman, not something to feel even worse about, especially if you have different things going on. So as she got older and the changes then did start to happen, then the conversations just got a little bit You know, a little bit more in depth. And I really, it was like a dance. I would offer a couple steps. I would see if she would lean into it. If she pulled back, I pulled back. When she kind of, you know, so it's just been that really organic flow. And we just have a very open dialogue in this house about this stuff. Like, even with my husband, and sometimes, like, my husband and my son are like, oh my God. And I'm like, (laughs) listen, listen, you guys talk about many inappropriate things that I wish I never knew. Totally. <laughs> and you guys think it's funny. So <laughs> oh, awesome. I'm trying to make you enlightened here. <laughs> that's awesome. And it's only going to benefit them. Yeah. And I would say to the moms listening, like it's, first of all, just understand they're never going to want to hear it from you. That's always going to be that awkward type of conversation. But at the same time, they do want to hear it from you. They're depending on us to teach them and to really normalize it as mom, as the women of the house that are going through this with our bodies, like we have to be that example of this is actually okay. And to make it something where, because God forbid, if they have anything that's going on negatively and they're feeling like it's not something they can talk about, you do not want them suffering for a long time without letting you know. And you don't want them, you know, necessarily going to someone else or doing something that they don't need to be doing. So Also let them listen to podcasts, let them listen to the stuff, let them read the books, like allow it to be something that just becomes part of their world so that they are like, this is totally normal. I love that. Such a good
0: message. And I know the women, the moms listening are really going to appreciate that. So thank you so much. Yeah. So I know that there is a phrase or really a word that we use often, and that is Simplicity. So what does it mean to create or have simplicity?
1: Honestly, the more and more that I have been doing this and teaching about simplicity, I think it is, simplicity is a feeling. It is a feeling that we have when we know we have more of it in our life. So it is, you know, it's not that there's never going, simplicity is not about things being simple. That's what I will say first off. Simplicity is that, you know, we are moving through life and through these different elements of our body and our health, but our approach is not rigid. We're not, you know, trying to control it or to constrain it. We're not becoming obsessive over it. We're noticing, we're recognizing, we're leaning in for help where we need it. And then we're pressing pause and we're like, huh, okay, I can do this step. This seems manageable. I can definitely do that. And you do that thing until it becomes part of who you are and what you do, and that's when you know you're ready for the next thing. So there is ease within this simplicity approach that we are taking. And that's a guiding light for me in my life. If at any time I start to feel the constriction, whether it's in constriction of time, my jaw, my breath, my mood, I know I am living out of alignment with that core goal of simplicity. Awesome. I love that said that really well.
0: Thank you. Oh, thank you. So before I let you go, yeah. I would love it if you can share with our audience where they can find you and also what programs you've got and what you're up to.
1: So the best way to find me is through genpike.com or on Instagram at GenPike. It is with two Ns and My baby is the Hormone Project. It is a program that I am so passionate about and connected to. And I run this three to four times a year. And I work with women one-to-one as well as in a group setting. And we offer some additional testing if that's what we feel that they need. In our program that we have now, we do offer blood analysis and Dutch hormone testing for all the women that come in. And then there's some additional things if that's what we feel is needed. So that's ongoing and that's an application process. So the next round actually we open up the applications November 1st and the program starts in January. And then I have my newest creation, which is synced. And I'm so excited about this program. And I've I have really bitten off the mother load of <laughs> hormonal responsibility because this program is one that I created. I have a lot of movement series and I wanted something for my own body that could keep me in sync from an exercise perspective with the four phases of my cycle. And I couldn't find anything. And so Synced is a movement-based series based on the four phases of your flow or the lunar flow and cycle. And so it is a very in-depth program It is videos of myself taking you through each of the follicular, the ovulatory, the luteal, and the menstrual phase movement-wise. It's a combination of strength training, there is some hit. there's yoga, Pilates, there's restorative practices, there's guided walks. And then it also comes with a comprehensive guidebook on how do you actually know where you're at in your cycle to know where and when to press play in this program. There's calendars for women who have a shorter cycle, who have a cycle that more kind of links up with the lunar cycle, 28 to 29.5 days. And then for women who have a longer cycle or who are have an irregular cycle. And then I walk you through how to, understand if you don't have a cycle right now, where you can map out and how to map out where you're at in the moon phases. And we have a private Facebook group where this is where there is going to be so many questions that come up in this. because yeah, for sure, I mean, for so many women, they didn't even know this was a thing. Right. They had no idea that they could sync their cycle. They had no idea the impact that the moon has on our body. And so I am so excited about this. And I'm really, I'm so open and curious to see. We've just started our pre-launch right now and the response has been amazing. And so I can't wait until these women actually start the program on October 23rd and just to see what the feedback is. Amazing. I love that.
0: Well, we will be sure to put the info for that in our show notes and then we can go there and access it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And then you're hanging out on Instagram. She's always posting some really great stuff, guys. So be sure to check her out there. And you also have your books too.
1: I do. Yeah. I've got the simplicity project, which is where a lot of the information is. And then I have my two cookbooks, the simplicity body and the simplicity kitchen. You can buy those on Amazon or through my website.
0: Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. That was so wonderful. And
1: it was really great to have you here. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Sam. I always love when we get to connect. Absolutely. And I'm sure this will be the first of many if we can get you scheduled back in
0: again. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Take care. All right, ladies, thank you so much for tuning in today. And I really do hope that you found today's episode valuable with Jen Pike. You can follow her over on Instagram at Jen Pike and also find her on her website, jenpike.com. And to learn more about her online programs, be sure to visit the show notes on the website, holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 79. Thank you everybody so much for being here. And thank you so, so much for tagging me in your posts for Sharing images of the podcast and letting me know that you're tuning in. It really means so, so much. As an entrepreneur that is just over here behind my computer, really hoping that the work I do gets seen, gets heard, and more than anything, makes a difference. It's so great having you guys tag me and let me know that, yes, it is making a difference. And hearing from so many of you how the podcast has really helped to be a catalyst for change for you, it really means so much. So, thank you so much for being here. And if you haven't left us a rating and a review, you can do so on any podcast platform. It would really mean so much to us and it helps more women find the podcast and really help to help support them in their life with their health and their hormones and their body. So thanks for being here. Again, you can grab the show notes on our website, holisticwellness.ca forward slash episode 79. And I will chat with you all next week. Have a wonderful week.